Hi, I'm Flick and it's me, Alan Smith, where we publicly saw the result of the day's press and journal on Tuesday, October the 11th. So, the front page of paper today is a boot with the aisle and with the renewable. So, this is uh, Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, we'll set out Scotland's economic case for independence next week. We are shifting focus to renewables and Awafi Island gas. The First Minister yesterday revealed that a Scottish government paper expected to be published on Monday will outline how it is, uh, how uh, in an energy rich, independent Scotland we can deliver lower prices and stronger security of supply. She said the North East is at the heart of the just transition and in, uh, she will endeavour to make Aberdeen the net zero capital of the world. On the final day of the SNP conference in the Granite City, she pledged to deliver a £20 billion fund for building a new Scotland using North Sea oil and gas revenues. Um, Scottish Tory leader Douglas Ross said it beggars belief that in the midst of a global cost of living crisis, Nicola Sturgeon devoted so much of her speech uh, to the push for another divisive referendum. So, well, there you go. It was almost a um, party political broadcast for SNP, but uh, Douglas Ross just nipped in there and spiled it a bit. <laughs> but, um, well, I think they've had a, a fair old time up in uh, Berlin, and uh, there's been lots of bits and pieces coming out of other speeches and uh, backslapping and, and clapping. <laughs> so, We'll see if it uh, happens to be, but I suppose just to try and appease the northeast, because uh, I seem to feel that they're left out for the central belt bias. I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, no, no, the Doric Express will remain uh, totally independent and uh, um, totally unbiased uh, voice of the uh, northeast and anti-SNP party. Oh, I, I mean, uh, unbiased uh, voice of the northeast. Okay. Now, a new winter flight between Aberdeen and London City has been announced today. So, a new flight route between Aberdeen and London will operate over winter time. It has been announced. British Airways has added an Aberdeen Airport to London City route to complement the daily flight it already runs to Heathrow. The airline has said it is aiming to provide a stronger domestic connectivity to the capital city. Flights will begin operating on Tuesday, November 1st and will run until Sunday, January 22nd. Uh, London City is popular with business travellers due to the airport being much closer to the financial districts. An Embraer A190 aircraft. Oh, if I see it spelled out now, it's E-M-B-R-A-E-R. When I heard them speaking about this airplane before, I just thought it was an Edinburgh Airlines, Embraer. But uh, no, no, nothing to do with that. Uh, it, anyway, this airplane will be used to operate one flight to London and one to Aberdeen each day, which uh, comes as welcome news after the announcement that Air France has no current plan to restore the Aberdeen link to Paris. Uh, the loss of service between the Granite City to the French capital is a major blow for Aberdeen International Airport, as flights were halted early on during the pandemic. Uh, but while it might be a popular destination for weekend breaks, there are no concrete updates to share. So, ho ho A spokeswoman for Franco-Dutch conglomerate Air France KLM said we would make an announcement should things change. Uh, bosses at Aberdeen International Airport have welcomed the addition of the London route, saying it will give mere folk the opportunity to visit the North East. So, well, and uh, why would you not want it? And, you know, maybe some folk with the 
we hopen de hels op hier in de bakwaters. Om de week te gaan doen te de capital city. See if it's going on doing here. So, um, well, I'm sure it'll be very popular and I hope it's well used and it'll be, be something they'll keep on. But uh, we shall see. But uh, at least it's going to be, you know, going to run over Christmas time and I think which will be good. <coughs> now, here is golfing after a fashion in the world Hickory Open. So, the colourful scene evokes a bygone era, resplendent in tweeds, plus fours and the odd handlebar moustache, competitors in golf's World Hickory Open Championship get ready to tee off. Scores are kept, but the competition is less than fierce. This is mere about enjoying the sport and the company, as well as the joy of hitting a ball with clubs dating from pre-1935. More than 120 golfers from 14 countries are taking part in the event, which this week has been uh, staged in the Heelands for the first time. Uh, starting at Fort Rose in Rose Marquee Golf Club, which is a rare place up here now, if you get a chance to go that direction, you should, um, which uh, hosted a team event. The players will move on to Castle Stewart Golf Links, Nairn Golf Club and Royal Donner Golf Club over three days, so crikey, very swish, uh, and they have come dressed for the occasion. Uh, long frocks and hats for wifeys, uh, flat caps, tweed jackets and even bow ties for the mannies. Uh, organised by Platinum Golf Scotland, the last event was held in 2019 at uh, Galen in East Lothian. An event planned for St Andrews was cancelled due to COVID and last year it was announced the competition would move to the Heelands. Uh, Andreas Beast from Cologne is visiting, visiting Scotland for the first time to take part in the Hickory Open. Uh, for anybody wishing to understand the difference between playing Hickory golf and its modern equivalent, he has a descriptive explanation. He said, playing Hickory is like playing jazz and swing music. He says, playing with modern clubs is rock music. <laughs> so there you have it. That is the difference. Now, very well explained, I think. Anyway, he's the founder of the Hickory Society, Cologne, and the organiser of the Hickory event in Germany. <laughs> oh, I would have guessed. Uh, but he says, Scotland is a special place for players. Um, Scotland is the home of golf. Um, Alex Bruce originally faced Andrews, but now abides in Japan is attending with 12 Japanese players. Crikey. These uh, people will never forget this for the rest of their lives, he says. Why is Hickory Golf different? If you play modern golf, you get back in the car and tend to speak about the shots you missed. With Hickory, you tend to speak about the ins you hit. It changes the perspective from the score to the enjoyment, he says. The weather is not an issue. And there's uh, buckle photos in, and uh, they look absolutely resplendent in their uh, flat hats, their plus fours, and the... Uh, other tweed suits and nothing, very, very swish indeed, so, excellent, what a rare, um, you know, what a rare pastime to have in, you know, to come out of the way for Japan to play that, but I'm sure they'll be blown away by the scenery up in the uh, Fort Rose direction, and uh, certainly the room with Nairn and Royal Donner, um, crikey, excellent stuff, well done. Now here is uh, Kayleigh's Wee Stars, a uh, fundraise £2,500 by getting on their bike, so... This is Aberdeenshire charity Cayley's We Stars raised a total of £2,500 during their first Dawnside Cycling Sportive last month. The charity drive featured 140 cyclists for a switch location from D-side to Dawnside and had a choice of four routes, two family-friendly off-road routes of 11 and 16 miles, an open road route of 54 miles and an open road route of 90 miles. Good heavens. Um, Cayley's Wee Stars was uh, set up in 2012 by Jonathan and Anna Corner after they lost their two-year-old daughter, Cayley, uh, to a brain tumour. Uh, when 
Kelly was diagnosed in December 2011. Her parents took time off work, vowing to make her last few months as special and memorable as possible, and set up the charity to help relieve the financial pressure on other families with a terminally ill child. Um, Jonathan said the cycle was a fantastic day. There was a great buzz. Everybody was delighted to be back after the hiatus of the last couple of years, and we raised a fantastic sum of money. So, well, absolutely brilliant for them. And um, you know, take a fair bit of organising. So I'm sure that you know they're glad of the support they get for volunteers and, and folk that helps them organise that thing. And you know, brilliant stuff to get 140 folk involved and raise two and a half grand. Um, and you know, it says overall since they set up, they've, they've raised over a hundred thousand pounds. So, for that, you know, fantastic um, thing to do in memory of their wee client. So, good on them, and um, mere mere power to them. Good one, well done. Now, just a wee bit about the business section, and this is about uh, the port names the date for its virtual AGM. So, this is the port of Cromarty Firth. Uh, will have its annual public meeting online at the start of the next month. Uh, taking place on Thursday, November 3rd at 6 o'clock. At the third year running, the hour-long meeting will be held virtually. Uh, Port of Chief Executive Bob Buske said, uh, we're looking forward to having our annual public meeting, which gives us an opportunity to tell our stakeholders and members of the public uh, about the exciting work that's been taking place in and around the Cromartie Firth. Uh, we first started having these meetings virtually to onset of COVID and they uh, have decided to continue uh, with that successful format this year. It gives members of our committee uh, and our communities in the mere outlying areas uh, and stakeholders further afield the chance to get involved without travelling to Invergordon, well, which I suppose makes a hell of a lot of sense. It's just the price of fuel nothing now. And, um, you know, if they can get an update on what's happening and... Um, you know, an hour and, and uh, save some travelling hundreds of miles, got to make a lot of sense, but, uh, you know, certainly on a fine day, it would be a fine, a lovely old uh, run up that direction, but not so good in November, December, I wouldn't think. But, um, well, so we went to join in, November 3rd, 6 o'clock, Port of Cromartie Firth. Now, just finish up with sport as normal, the uh, back page of paper today is um, confidence when I suffer from defeat, this is everybody's uh, confidence will not be damaged by the big defeat at Tannadice, says assistant Lee Sharp. Uh, Sharp was in charge at Tannadice dugout as the Reds crashed 4 now. And he was asked if there was a concern the loss would dent confidence. He said, no, I didn't think so. So, well, here's hoping he's right. But um, you would think it must be a wee bit of doubt in their minds that, uh, you know, that may be not as good as everybody's been saying that. But could it just been a one-off? We'll have to hope for that. And, um, a big bounce back for next game. So, come on, everybody. Now, that's me, Don Fredino. So, we have a It is uh, P&J on Tuesday, 11th October 2022. Um, certainly, it seems like winter is approaching uh, at a fair old pace because it's uh, pretty nippy uh, through the day to day. We drizzles our rain on in the afternoon again, but um, fine spells and all. But, you know, certainly when it comes to summer time, you know, the, the temperature plummets pretty quick and uh, you know we're almost in verge of putting the fire on for a minute at night but try to put it off as long as we can but we shall, we'll see um, anyway thank you very much for listening to this podcast um, hope you enjoyed it and if you did please mind and tell a pal about it um, that would just be tip top in the meantime thanks very much cheers now toodaloo <laughs>
Field, man, a field, and pan, a field. Hearts of all for stories that you made in a cave. 